Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Well, hello there. I'm Stephanie Smith, your host, and I'm delighted to be back with you again today. So you can think of me as the aid that you rely on to bring you resources that can help you accomplish your calling, and there's no paycheck involved. Today on episode number seven, you're going to learn about a powerful tool that can build unity, increase understanding, and multiply effectiveness in your school and even at home. Isn't it great when you have a resource that helps you both at home in your family and also in your profession? Well, that's what you're going to get today. Before we jump in, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever conducted a mission audit in your school? Now, sometimes people have mission statements or vision statements, and they really become nothing more than a plaque on a wall that doesn't really have any meaning. It just kind of takes up space. So I'm hoping that's not true for you. Sometimes people use these words interchangeably. Sometimes they're very distinct, and we're going to talk more about that maybe in a later episode. But for today, whether you want to call it a vision statement or a mission statement, I want to challenge you to think, have you ever conducted a mission audit? A mission audit is what helps you know whether you are really accomplishing what you have set out to accomplish. It's a 360 degree look at your school. Why? Well, here's the thing. It is incredible. Incredibly difficult and complicated to measure quality in any people oriented profession. And you think, well, aren't all professions people oriented? Well, not so much. I mean, if you want to look at the end result, okay, we could make that argument, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those professions and those organizations that aren't producing widgets, they are helping people. People are not only their customers, but in a sense, they're their products. And so it's not a matter of how many of these widgets can we roll off of the assembly line, but it's how do we measure quality and effectiveness in professions like healthcare or in churches and certainly in education. This is where the bottom line can't be measured in dollars and cents. So one of these speaking engagements that I conduct is a workshop where I teach you how to conduct your own mission audit. I invite you to check that out on my website, key3educators.com on the speaking page, and you are always welcome to contact me for further information. You don't need to do one of these every year. I don't even recommend that. I think four years is optimal or about a year after you've had any major staffing changes, 10 years is going to be way too long, but it's better than nothing at all. Today, I'm going to talk to you about Strengths Finder. This is an excellent resource that can help you in your organization as well as at home. The book Strengths Finder 2.0 is based on a tremendous amount of research done by Gallup. You may have heard of that organization. And by the 
late recognized father of strength psychology, Donald O. Clifton. The Gallup organization has conducted research on millions of people. I am not exaggerating that number. That is not hyperbole. And this information, I love the way that they put this together because it is focused on what are your strengths, not what are your weaknesses, what are your vulnerabilities. Those have value, and I'm not dissing on any other type of programs. I love and appreciate other types of programs. I've been familiar with Myers-Briggs for a number of years, uh, the studying the Enneagram, all those, those different types of things have their place and purpose. But I think in terms of school organizations, you certainly can't go wrong with strengths finders. And you may find, as a matter of fact, I believe you will find that it can be a phenomenal resource for your organization. And that's why I want to talk to you about it today. Strengths Finder has been rebranded into Clifton Strengths and is a part of the Gallup organization. But if you do any online searches, you can search for Strength Finder. 2.0, you can search for Clifton Strengths, and you're going to be able to come up with this information very, very easily. You're not going to have to move back to like 10 pages in your Google search. It'll pop up right there on page one. Strengths Finder is the result of a 40-year study of human strengths, out of which were identified 34 of the most common talents. In a Gallup survey of more than 10 million people worldwide on the topic of employee engagement, for example, only one third strongly agreed with this statement. At work, I have the opportunity to do what I do best every day. And those who do not get to focus on what they do best, not focusing on their strengths, the costs are staggering. In a poll of more than 1,000 people, those who disagreed or strongly disagreed with this, what I do best statement, not one single person was emotionally engaged on the job. However, people who do have the opportunity to focus on their strengths every day are six times more likely to be engaged in their jobs and more than three times as likely to report having an excellent quality of life in general. Do you know that their research also showed that having a manager who basically ignores addressing either your strengths or your weaknesses is actually worse than having a manager who focuses on your weaknesses? That's right. If you have a manager who just ignores either your strengths and your weaknesses, the chances of your being disengaged are 40%. Now, sure, you're still showing up, but you're not really fully engaged in your work. Compare that to those managers who focused on their weaknesses and only 22% of the employees were not actively engaged. Now, that's still too high of a number. Clearly, that's not the benchmark that we want to go for. Those, however, who had managers that focused on their strengths Only 1% of those consider themselves actively disengaged. One of the things that we have right now is quiet quitting. So somebody's still showing up on the job, but there are things that they're just refusing to do. And some of that can be legitimate. Like, I'm not going to work 60 hours when my job description and expectations is 40. I get that. 
but there's still a lot of this, I'm going to quiet quit and that I'm not going to really fully engage if I don't believe that it's part of my job or it is, I'm not getting the resources or their training or the support that I need. Clearly, we don't want people who are just showing up minimally engaged. Even for those people who would say, I love my work, however, and I feel supported and I feel that I am giving 100%. Still, this is a resource that can help build unity amongst your team because it brings a shared understanding of yourself and of others. One of the things that they talk about in StrengthsFinder 2.0, and I love the fact that they were courageous enough to talk about this, is the idea that we take away from movies like Rudy. Now, I have to say, I am a huge fan of the movie Rudy, right? If you haven't seen it, he's the 23-year-old. He's a groundskeeper at Notre Dame, and he so wants to play football. The problem is he just doesn't have the physical ability. He's only five foot six inches, 165 pounds, but he has heart and this is his goal. And he works so long. He's rejected three times, but eventually he gets accepted to Notre Dame and he later earns a spot on the, the football team's practice squad. Well, He gets beat up on the practice squad for like two years. Now, I don't mean like bowling beat up, but I mean like football beat up. And finally, he gets to play in the game. And it's this movie that we love. And it's it's a true story. And in our culture, we just have this love for the underdog and the person who beats all the odds. And there's some value in those stories, but there's also a risk in those stories. And it's this idea that if you just try hard enough that you can become anything that you want. And I wonder how many of us and our students have spent so much time and energy investing in a certain career or dream or approach to teaching or to leading or for our students going to college or trade school or approaching a career path in life that we are not naturally aligned with, with our strengths. I think one of the most well-intentioned but damaging lies that we can tell our students is you can be anything that you want to be if you work hard enough and you put your mind to it. I don't see that anywhere in life, and I don't see that anywhere in Scripture. I think that we can be whatever we have the giftings to be combined with the work that we put in and the opportunities that God opens the doors for us. One of the statements that they make in StrengthsFinder 2.0 is this, you cannot be anything you want to be, but you can be a lot more of who you already are. StrengthsFinder 2.0 is not designed for students. StrengthsFinder came about because in the mid-1960s, Don Clifton, who's been recognized as the father of strength psychology, realized that there were already countless languages for describing what's wrong with people. We not only had all the informal labels that we put on people, but there were a whole field of psychology that had an entire manual of disorders that one leading psychologist described as, quote, a bloated catalog of what's wrong with people, end quote. 
And so much of the business world, including nonprofits, has oriented towards what do people need to do better? What is needed for improvement? Ever gone through a job performance where 99% of it is here's where you need to improve? Strengths Finders focuses more on what's right with people. So Don Clifton in 1998 assembled a team of scientists and he had this ambitious goal to develop a common language for talent. And I just want to point out here, a common language is essential to any thriving organization. That's not about, hey, we all need to speak Spanish or English or French or Russian or Mandarin Chinese. It is about when we say different words that we know what we're talking about. There's an organizational understanding that a phrase like customer service actually means X, Y, Z in that organization. The language in Strength Finders is one other way that you can build a culture that is embedded throughout and not just embodied in a leader. And then when that person leaves, the culture kind of leaves with them. As a result of the research that was conducted, there were 34 themes that were put together to represent the common language and classification of talents. And Strength Finders is quick to point out that they're not saying, hey, we have captured everything and we know all that there is for all time. But what it does give is 34 specific quantifiable strengths that you can look at and say, ah, that makes sense. That's something that is present in this person that is worth developing and bringing into the organization and to have that awareness. I'm going to pick out a few of these and share them with you. Let's start with analytical. Here's what StrengthFinder 2.0 says. Your analytical theme challenges other people. Prove it. Show me why what you are claiming is true. In the face of this kind of questioning, some will find that their brilliant theories wither and die. For you, that is precisely the point. You do not necessarily want to destroy other people's ideas, but you do insist that their theories be sound. You see yourself as objective and dispassionate. You like data because they are value-free. They have no agenda. Armed with these data, you search for patterns and connections. You want to understand how certain patterns affect one another. How do they combine? What is their outcome? Does this outcome fit with the theory being offered or the situation being confronted? And it goes on to describe a little bit more of the analytical. And they give an example from a school administrator who says this quote, I have an innate ability to see structures, formats, and patterns before they exist. For instance, when people are talking about writing a grant proposal while I'm listening to them, my brain instinctively processes the type of grants that are available and how the discussion fits into the eligibility right down to the format of how the information can fit on the grant form in a clear and convincing way. Have you ever been in a meeting with an analytical person? Maybe that's you. But if it's not you and you have found yourself in a context with an analytical person, you might find that they seem abrasive. You may perceive what they are doing as saying your ideas are stupid or they're not sound and can Take that personally. But if you're able to step back and to look at this objectively, you can see 
Your organization needs somebody who's analytical. Let's try a different one. Let's look at futuristic. Here's what StrengthsFinder 2.0 says about this characteristic. Wouldn't it be great if you were the kind of person who loves to peer over the horizon? The future fascinates you. As if it were projected on the wall, you see in detail what the future might hold, and this detailed picture keeps pulling you forward into tomorrow. While the exact content of the picture will depend on your strengths and interests, a better product, a better team, a better life, or a better world, it will always be inspirational to you. You are a dreamer who sees visions of what could be and who cherishes those visions. When the present proves too frustrating and the people around you too pragmatic, you conjure up your visions of the future and they energize you. They can energize others too. Sometimes futuristic people are the ones that can be labeled as having their head in the clouds or they don't really know the real world and how things work. But what happens if we don't have people in our organizations who do have a futuristic mindset? What if we don't have vision people who can look down the road and imagine something that we can't work to obtain? Being able to see this as a strength and not as a frustration or somebody whose rants we have to endure, you know, because okay, we've got to give them their time and space and then the rest of us can get back to the real world. If we see that, hey, this person is bringing a strength to the table, we need to really tune in because their vision for the future might be something that affects how we need to do something differently today in the, quote, real world as it exists today. The next one is a trait that many times in our culture we have tended to label as nothing but a negative. However, it is necessary in life and for organizations to thrive, and that is the strength of competition. Listen to this. Competition is rooted in comparison. Okay, now I'm going to digress there and say comparison has become like a four-letter word in our culture, but the fact is we need comparison in order to thrive as people. Comparison is not the problem. How we handle comparison is the problem. Okay, enough of my rabbit trail. Let's get back to StrengthsFinder. When you look at the world, you are instinctively aware of other people's performance. Their performance is the ultimate yardstick. No matter how hard you tried, no matter how worthy your intentions, if you reached your goal but did not outperform your peers, the achievement feels hollow. Like all competitors, you need other people. You need to compare. If you can compare, you can compete. And if you can compete, you can win. And when you win, there is no feeling quite like it. You like measurement because it facilitates comparisons. You like other competitors because they invigorate you. You like contests because they must produce a winner. In classrooms and on athletic fields where everybody's a winner, everybody gets a gold medal, what are we doing to the students who have this as a strength? Because again, competition and comparison is not the enemy. It's what motivates the competition and comparison and what we do with it that's the enemy. 
And isn't that true for every other strength that we have? If you are a person that does not have this as a strength, and it may actually be told towards the very bottom of your list, another person who has this as a strength can appear to be a know-it-all or like they always have to engage in one-upmanship. And while that certainly could be the result, you don't want to throw out the core strength that is here that can serve that person and your organization well. Here's one of those truths about human behavior. We tend to like to surround ourselves by default with people who are like us. And I don't just mean like us in terms of our values or our ethics or moral systems. We tend to like to surround ourselves with people who have enough personality similarities that we have a high degree of comfort. And while that might be worth considering in personal relationships, when we take that approach into our organizations, it will always decrease the effectiveness of an organization. Intentionally building a wide variety of strengths in your organization is absolutely what will make your school the strongest. Schools who thrived during COVID probably did so because they had enough diversity on their leadership and in their staff that there were enough people who could come together and weigh through all the complex decisions that had to be made in order to come out with a good, solid plan. Organizations that were monochromatic in their styles of leadership were the ones that were going to suffer the most. How can you make use of StrengthFinder 2.0? Very simple. Get the book, StrengthFinder 2.0. And in the book, there is a code that will allow you to go online and take their very simple test. This is not a three-hour exam that you have to study for. It is a short exam. You only get about 20 seconds, I think, to answer each of the questions. And then at the end of that, you're going to get a very comprehensive report back of your top five strengths. Better yet, apply this in your organization and you can contact Clifton Strengths and find out how you can involve your entire organization in this. I've seen this applied in different organizations. One is a very successful religious-based nonprofit organization. It's not a church, but this would be very valuable even for churches. And what they did is everybody in the organization participates in the Strengths Finders test, and then they post outside the, their office door or their cubicle their top five strengths. That's not only affirming to that individual every day to be reminded hey, I have these top five strengths that I am bringing with me into the organization. It's also a tool for their colleagues to be able to say, okay, this is this person's strength. So when we're in a meeting together and maybe I start feeling a little irritated by this person, I can go, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's because this is their strength and that's why they're approaching it this way. They're not attacking me personally. If they're questioning my ideas, then it's because they want to know that the data is credible. It can also help management and leadership to say, where is this person best suited? 
how can I bring them into this particular project? Or where can I strategically place them in the classroom so that their strengths are going to fill a need that we have with this particular age range or this particular body of students or this particular type of subject? A person who is analytical is going to teach math very differently than someone who's futuristic. Another way that you can apply this for your school is to have each one of your teachers participate in their strengths finder and then sit down and look at, you know what? 85% of our teachers all have the same top three strengths. That's not just necessarily good for us as an organization, but that means our students are probably getting a lot of similar type of instruction. We need to diversify the educational experience for our students. If students are only exposed to teachers the vast majority of the time who are, shall we say, more pragmatic in their approach, and they've, they're looking at today and just the next step ahead, and they don't ever have enough exposure to people who are dreaming about what could be and the future, and hey, what if we looked at this entirely different? And, hey, let's just try this and, and let's learn, okay, maybe this works, maybe it doesn't work, but we're going to be experimental in our approaches to life. That in itself is going to incapacitate their ability to be fully educated. So Finders isn't just about building your team and your, your board and your organization, although that is reason enough to make use of this great resource. It's also about using this as a way to measure the educational experience that your students are having. There's also a, another book, Strengths-Based Leadership. Great Leaders, Teams, and Why People Follow that you can find at Gallup or the Strengths Finders website, which again has been rebranded to Clifton Strengths. I encourage you, check out Strengths Finder 2.0. And if you want to do some more investigating before you make a commitment to this for yourself or for your staff, you'll have no problem finding this book in a local library. And again, if you've never conducted a mission audit, I invite you to check out on key3educators.com slash speaking the workshop that I provide on how you can conduct a mission audit for your school. Remember, my friend, you do have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.